Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. On the show today, we're going to be joined by Peter McGugan. Now, he's a former broadcaster turned speaker and grief expert. And we're going to talk about the three top misconceptions about grief, plus ways we can start to build anew. Now, Peter started grieftogratitude.net. It's an online resource center with films, audio, meditations, and journaling exercises to help recover from loss. And contributors to the site, Anne, include Maya Angelou, Jerry Seinfeld, and Carol Burnett. Oh, my word. So there's got to be a little bit of humor coming in there. What a grand concept. Yeah. Oh, isn't that great? Now, you're going to have the latest movie and TV reviews, of course, but you're also taking us to the Spadina Museum, a local substitute for the Abbey, Downton Abbey, (laughs) that is. Now, you sat down with two stars from the new Downton Abbey movie out this weekend, are you going to tell us who, or do we have to wait for later in the show? Well, they're both called Misses. Oh, okay. Let's leave it at that. Let's okay? leave it at that. And because everyone's titled, some aren't titled, uh-huh. and Misses is special. Well, I suppose that they will know to to correctly pronounce the Spadina Museum, not like Spadina, but, you know, Good never work, know. Good work, Kate. Yeah, Good well, work. It's year, years of having the historical <laughs> society say, no, 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 no. It's based on an Ojibwe word, so and Spadina, which means top of the hill. Oh, so it say, makes sense. Perfect, yes. Yeah, but somewhere <clears throat> along the, the way, we anglicized it, I guess, and started calling it Spadina. But apparently the TTC's new robo-voice calls it Spadina. So now it's 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 all in flux. It's all an uproar. Who's got it right? Who's got all it right. wrong? All right. I heard thing. that north of the TTC it was Spadina, south it was Spadina. Is that nonsense? Is that faux news? I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll delve into it, Anne. Yes, We'll good. delve into it. Um, now, the ninth on CBC Jam is, is a new comedy that follows the Box Springs. They're the hardest partying amateur baseball team in Canada uh, on and off the field. We're going to chat with the show creators, <laughs> Daniel A.M. Rosenberg and Michael Goldlist, about how they came up with the idea for that show. And... Um, did you know that as of 2012, millennial households under 35 had $824 billion in assets, but apparently they don't know how to invest them. So um, I thought they were all in, under debt. Yeah, apparently we'll find out. So Meridian Good Credit luck. Union Senior Wealth Advisor Jordan Damiani is going to help us demystify the markets for millennials. Um, and last but not least, we're going to tell you about Find Your Fierce. It launched as a dance choreography program in Toronto, but it's evolved into... Um, a workout class where, get this, some classes are heels optional. Don't forget to follow us what? on social media at What She Said Talk and download our free show podcast. What a world. You can find all the links on WhatSheSaidTalk.com right now. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to WhatSheSaidTalk.com. 
I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, joining us now is former broadcaster turned speaker and grief expert, Peter McGugan. Welcome to What She Said, Peter. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now, uh, people may, of course, remember you from City TV and CBC, but for the last 20 years, you've turned your attention to understanding what grief is and how people can move forward with, with their lives. So tell us how this came about, this change from broadcasting to speaker. Uh, I... Um had a whole lot of loss when I was about age 30, just a tremendous number of deaths. And because I was writing books and speaking all over the place, I was eulogizing. And I was looking for something to help me, something that would speak to what I was feeling, what I was going through, and nothing spoke to me. The books didn't speak to me. There was just very little out there. So I started to kind of write my way out of it. And uh, so I wrote a book that became kind of a classic. It was called When Something Changes Mm -hmm. Everything. And then the research went on. I became fascinated with um, the new science of consciousness and essentially how intention and thoughts and emotions interconnect and how it affects health, how it affects relationships, and, and the interconnectedness of our world. And Did you—let you, me, let me start you there for a second. Did you look at that um, from a journalistic aspect? Because uh, f- for me, the cynicism maybe comes in—it it all sounds a bit hippy-dippy. So did, mm. you see, did you see sort of a, a story in there that you wanted to delve into and see whether this stuff worked? I did. And I was interested in the new science of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And um, so I used journal published, solid, peer reviewed science in order to understand um, that intention is a powerful force, that the energy that you are being not only defines the present moment, but it's a powerful architectural force for what you'll be experiencing in the future. So, for instance, Dr. Candace Pert wrote a brilliant Mm -hmm. book called The Molecules of Emotions that showed us that we're creating hundreds of millions of cell divisions every hour. Each cell has a peptide that operates a little bit like a satellite dish, and that the energy that you are being when those new cells are created is what those cells are attuned to. And so if you're being um, bitter and feeling resentful and cheated by life, you're going to be inclined to be feeling more of that. And the neural pathways in your mind, your brain, are going to be running in that direction. So changing behavior starts with changing the energy intentionally. That's interesting because one of the one of the things I used to tell my children when they were little and they had pouty face on, I said, you know, if you just smile, even if it's fake, you will start to feel better, mm-hmm. and and that's true, really, isn't it? There is some kind of scientific fact behind it that if that's what you put out, um, even if it's just a smile on your face, that things can change. Absolutely, and it's v- almost impossible to stay angry while looking up. 
I mean, things are interconnected in, in our in ourselves, mm-hmm. and so. Um, A lot of people make the mistake when they're grieving of thinking that the best way for them to honor their loved one that's departed is to grieve and that their sorrow is the connection to them or that they're honoring them by being depressed and sad and a sad sack. And and it isn't because the better way of honoring who that person was, what you shared, the joy that you shared, the sweet spots in time, is to be grateful for what you had and to be the love, to feel and be the love for them rather than the sorrow for the gruesome ending. The you know, grief is wanting something we can't have anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the adjustment that we make is that um, there's been a chapter change in your life if you're grieving now. And uh, we kind of have to begin to begin again and, and learn some new ways. Well, I, I mean, when you said you experienced um, a lot of loss, you, you did. The actual number is 28 people in your life died from a variety of causes and reasons um, in the space of well, just a few months. Yeah. It was a season of loss. I think it was what was supposed to happen for me to do what I'm doing and to deliver what I delivered. My two best friends died 28 days apart. I would have been turning to either of them to deal with the loss of the other, and neither of them was there. Mm. And it was devastating. And so, uh, you know, how, how do you come back from devastation to love living life again? And then your house burned down. And then my house burned down. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, there's another y'all. If, if you know, if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying again. <laughs> it's like this. How did you move forward? Uh, this obviously, this work was very therapeutic for you, mm-hmm. and and you decided to go and and help others um, with what you have found, and you have uh, launched grief to gratitude. .net. Now, there's documentary films on it, audio programs, meditations, but you also have obviously some humor in there because Jerry Seinfeld and Carol Burnett have contributed to this site. Yes. They they very generously uh, offered wisdom from their life and their journey, and I have a conversation with Jerry Seinfeld and Alec Baldwin, and it's profound. It was like a big wow moment for me in terms of understanding how creativity and how to come back from disappointments. Well, let's tackle a few of the misconceptions because we we promised we we would. Time heals all wounds or time heals grief. That's what people say and it doesn't. It comes in waves as far as I've, I've experienced in my life. Grief does come in waves. It's like a puzzle. Grief is not the same for two people Mm -hmm. in the same family going through the same loss. The same thing that will be a breakthrough moment for one person is not a breakthrough for the person grieving beside them. But um, uh, grief is, is a journey. And we were set up to feel disappointment when they read us stories once upon a time that ended with happily ever after. And we kind of expected on some levels that being a good little prince or a good little princess, we would live happily ever after. First of all, happiness is not sustainable. It's a sweet spot in time when all the conditions for our happiness contract with life are met, that we feel this Mm -hmm. joyful moment of happiness. But what is sustainable is contentment. And if you become a student of your own contentment, what makes you content now? What do you love being? What energy do you love being? And then be more of that energy. This is a really great exercise for your listener. Get a piece of paper and a pen and write down on the left column 
the energies that you spend your days being now. And are they frustration? Is it resenting? Is it loneliness? Is it despair? Uh, is it hungry? Like, what are the energies that you're being throughout the course of a day? Mm-hmm. Then on the right-hand side, make a list of the energies that you love being, the energies that feed your spirit and your soul and energize you and help you to love living life. And then make some intentional choices about being the architect of ways to be more of the energies that you love being. And what you will feel is a new relationship with life and yourself. Is grief a big deal in our in our culture, um, say, economically, say, yeah. for the economy? It's, it's huge. It's the big chasm that we don't really look closely at. Grief costs the North American economy more than $102 billion a year in absenteeism, in people becoming sick, in car automobile accidents and mishaps on the job. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, huge thing. It costs insurance companies tons of money. Tons of money. So um, what's your advice then for, for, for moving forward with hope? For people? How do they change their mindset? Hope doesn't do much. I'm not a big fan of hope. Hope doesn't change very many things until we do our homework, until mm-hmm. we do our research, until we get smart, we get resources, and then we activate that hope. And we, we take actions in order to make what we're hoping for happen. And at that point, intention becomes involved, and we've kind of moved beyond just hoping uh, to making it happen. Um, That's the key, I think, and that's what Jerry Seinfeld and Alec Baldwin are talking about, is just not sitting there hoping and expecting what you're wishing for to knock on your door and find you, but it's that you've got to put yourself out there in order to make the connections Mm -hmm. that you want. That's something I've noticed Anderson Cooper is doing. They're talking about um, the loss of his brother uh, years ago, as well as the loss of his mother. Um, it's a very uh, revealing personal conversation. Sometimes it's, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with having someone to talk to about these things. It is. And this is shocking to me because just three weeks ago, I saw some research that indicated that millennials, 26% of millennials do not have a best friend. 24% say they don't have acquaintances. Mm-hmm. One in four millennials is relating to the world through a smartphone or an electronic device, and there is no safety net for them. What's happening with them is drugs, addictions, all kinds of bad stuff. And mm-hmm. these kids who act out in violent ways, this this is where they're coming from. So grief to gratitude.net gives them a place to go. I, I made a, one of the films on the website is called The Edge. We went into a, a gymnasium in, in Northern California and put a big piece of tape across the middle of the gym mm-hmm. and said, if you have experienced this, cross the line. If you've experienced violence at home, cross the line. If you experienced depression, if you, and it was mind boggling how much these kids are going through without a lot of support. The site is grieftogratitude.net. Online resources with films, as you said, audio meditations and journaling exercises. Peter McGoon, thank you very much for telling us about it. Pleasure. Thank you.
What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code What She Said. What she She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Millennials are now the largest component of Canada's labour force. As of 2012, millennial households under 35 had $824 billion in assets. But why are they not investing? Joining us now uh, to help answer that question is Jordan Damiani, Senior Wealth Advisor at Meridian Credit Union. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Why are they not well, I think that the root cause, and there was a, a good Ontario Securities Commission study that they put out that just said 59% of millennials feel they don't know enough about investing to actually get started. So I think that that's kind of perceived as the root barrier. You, you need to know something to get started. Um, the, the other piece, too, in that same study, um, which was really interesting, they said 80% of millennials do have savings. So we know that you know savings has really become a priority, but only 50% have investment. And out of that 50%, only 5% of them have investments over 25000 So you have three things that millennials need to know about investing and things that will demystify the markets for them. Uh, yeah, and, and really just three simple suggestions that, that I you know, bring up. And they're still applicable to any age as well. But um, especially if you think investing early um, to create financial security. So we've always kind of heard the earlier you get started, the Mm -hmm. better off you're going to do. Compound interest. interest, Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And that is true. Um, But I think there's that inertia where you've got all this other stuff on your plate. You might have kids. You might think about buying a house. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff going on, especially as the millennial group gets older and older. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, that's that's one of the core concepts of investing is you need time. So actually, I did an example because a millennial can still be 30. I'm 33. Um, and just suggested if somebody has nothing at all saved right now, is it too late to start? So I just used a simple uh, investment calculator. And I said, okay. okay, if you put 500 bucks a month away and you use normal retirement, so 65, so that's a 35-year stretch. Well, what would be the difference if you invested it or if you just put it in a savings account? And that calculator you'd actually come out with about $619,000 if it was invested and made 5.5% as a rate of return, but only $275,000 at a 1.5% rate of return. So pretty much double. Yeah. A little over double. Absolutely, right? And that's that's kind of a... It's a scary thing when you think of there's not really a lot of workplace pensions anymore that are going to do it for you. (laughs) That's what I was going to bring up because in our day my day, certainly we had what they now call Cadillac pensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the younger groups that came in, it was much less. So they were much less protected against, you know, not having anything at the end. And now I think it's very lean. 
oh, the abso- pension side. Absolutely, right? If you think of the traditional defined benefit pension where, you know, like an OMERS or teacher's pension where yeah. you work 30 years and you know exactly what you're going to get, you know what they're going to pay you, and they're also going to increase it for cost of living. And that's that's really gone. Um, if you're lucky, most workplaces are going to have a defined contribution pension where they'll say, okay, we're going to give you 3% and you match your 3% and however you do investing, that's your your retirement result. So it's a bit, it, to your point, it is a bit leaner in that sense. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that we we talk about how kids are not fiscally knowledgeable in high school even? So then you get working and then you have a student loan and then you're kind of confused about mm-hmm. the whole thing or you're just not engaged. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. If, if that's not taught in school, where's your opportunity to really... Or taught by your parents. Or by parents, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, or parents, you know, have it even... Uh, develop these skills themselves to teach it well to their kids. So that's that's problematic. And actually, in the last um, uh, provincial budget, they actually did put in some financial literacy component, which I believe it's going to be civics uh, class in, I think, grade 10, where you're actually going to have a component that is based on financial literacy. Okay, so we, we've talked about get, get started early, yeah. but... Let's face it, not all investing is created equal. Um, so, you know... How millennials, I suppose, are like everybody else, saying, "I don't want to lose money." Maybe it's Absolutely. better to you sock it under the mattress. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's two kind of contingents. It's a great point that I I personally experience. I think some millennials can be incredibly risk averse, you know, and you might see really large amounts just squirreled away in savings accounts. Yeah, but they've got the time to make up the losses. Like if they're investing. Yeah, absolutely. And nobody says they've got to invest speculatively, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the challenge. So that, that goes into the other, um, you know, segment, which are extremely risk-seeking. And I, I see that tons day-to-day, just even with some of the colleagues. The younger, you know, advisors or people newer starting off, you know, oftentimes have a self-directed account and it's loaded up with, you know, marijuana stocks, um, you know, it could be cryptocurrency, um, precious metals, really things that are, they're not traditional prudent, you know, solid or boring, let's say boring investments that tend to to work. So because they would go with that adage is, well, we have time for it to recover. But do you necessarily want a big downturn in your portfolio to see it recover? You don't you don't have to put yourself through that. Right. So that's why I would just say uh, engaging people on what their options are, that they don't have to be incredibly risky. You know, if your friend or, or family member gives you the latest hot tip on a marijuana stock, that's not investing. <laughs> That's speculating. Might seem fun, you know, to think about it or look at the potential gains uh, in in that potential stock. But the reality is there's a lot of risk there. But you guys, when you're talking to potential investors, you consider that you talk to them about their risk Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how easy is it to get started? Yeah, you know, it's it's a, a very easy. So I think, you know, more than ever, especially with technology, there's so many different avenues to, to to not only just start, but educate yourself as well. So I think the education piece I'm very passionate about, um, you know, for people that really want to kind of do it on their own time, uh, the Ontario Securities Commission has a great website. It's getsmarteraboutmoney.ca. And mm-hmm. it's really devoted to investor education. I mean, that's the regulator and they want to put out more investor edu- education material. Um, so they'll actually explain what is an RSP, what's a tax-free savings account, what is a stock or bond, um, and also with useful articles, tools, and calculators. And I was going to say the second piece is you can, of course, go into any Meridian Credit Union 
Um, it's a great place to start too. I know with my uh, colleagues, we really prioritize educating the members that we work with. That's incredible. But I think ha- having having a a person that you have a relationship with, and then going home and educating yourself. Yeah, you know, ab- absolutely. On whatever yeah. that person recommends for you, that advisor. Yeah. You know, you can do that too. Yeah, and I think in this day and age with, you know, everything has an online review. A lot of people want to do that. Okay, well, this is what I'm being told. You know, is somebody selling something to me or are they actually is, – are they partnering? Is this a good opportunity? Um, and, and to your point, absolutely. You know, go home and then vet that information. Um, there's a lot of good literature out there, good articles. I think just really engaging yourself in it. Um, instead of it being out of sight, out of mind, because mm-hmm. even though, you know, someone might be in their twenties today, might not be too long before you're in your thirties or forties. And no, then maybe it 50s. flies by, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. Right. And then when, you know, when you're in your fifties, you don't want to go, oops, I've never started. Where do I start? And I've, I really have no savings for retirement. Um, what is pre-authorized savings? Paying yourself first? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. So if you, if you read most, I think most common uh, you know, do-it-yourself finance mm-hmm. books. That's really the number one key concept is pay yourself first. So a pre-authorized uh, deposit, almost similar to what people can do with like an insurance payment or a car payment. You know, we just set it up where your investment is almost treated like a bill. You can set it up where just on a, a certain time, say after you get paid, just going to come right out of your account automatically and go into an investment vehicle. Right, similar almost in the way your mortgage comes out if you have a mortgage. But the nice thing about that is that also mimics almost a pension plan. Because if you think of a pension plan, uh, you can't necessarily say no to that contribution. It's going to come out whether you like it or not. But 30 years later, yeah. you're going to be incredibly happy that it did. And the wonderful thing about that is we all bought our first house and thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I'm going to yeah. be able to pay it. And then six months later, you're kicking yourself going, that was a breeze. Yeah. Mm. So it's the same thing. If you don't see it and it's gone, you always Mm. have said that. Absolutely. If you don't ever see it. If it doesn't arrive in the bank account in the first place, I had automatic deductions starting, you know, off my paycheck when I was 24 and it just kept going, except now I'm (laughs) (laughs) self-employed. All right. So you pay yourself last. uh, Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, Where can people go to learn more about all this? Yeah. So they can go to uh, meridiancu.ca. So that would be our website. And then just really seek out any local advisor to them. And um, again, we're always here to partner uh, with you and educate you as well. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you kindly. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. 
And joining us now is film critic Ann Brody for Saturday Night at the Movies. But let's start with a Lifetime movie, a certain Lifetime movie that somebody's daughter was in last Saturday. Now, you got to see it because you get the critics' copy. What did you think? Look, you're her mother, but I will tell you right here and now, she was fantastic. Fantastic. Not only does she get subtlety and shading Mm-hmm. In, in in her face, in her actions and everything. But she's so beautiful. This is totally from the heart, from the soul, from people who from a person who watches films all the time. She is really good. And finally she gets a role that is serious enough, adult enough to show her moving on to the next step. Ha <laughs> ha. Nice nice segue there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the movie has the um, rather unfortunate title of the cheerleader escort. Um, but I, I've already seen some um, copies floating around on YouTube. So well, there you go. You know something? It, it's a common sort of problem that has been addressed in feature films, the idea of sugar daddies and mm-hmm. sugar babies. So it's a good cautionary tale. Yes. Uh, and, and a good takedown. Yeah, yeah, she's Ooh. pretty badass in the movie. <laughs> now, um, Downton Abbey—that's uh, out this weekend. I'm going. Oh, good, Kate. You're going on opening weekend. Yeah, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't miss it. It's everything you love about the series, only heightened. Uh-huh. The music, the settings, the 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 uh, the action, the the content. It's breathtaking. Well, you know the king and queen are coming to visit. They've been pushing that really hard. Mm-hmm. And the queen, Queen Mary, is played by the woman who stars as Anne with an ease, Marilla, on okay. CBC. So she's, ah. uh, yes, and she's a very elegant queen. Um, but So this is elegant. That's the word for the series, for the movie. It's larger than life this time because it's up on the big screen. You've got royalty coming. You've got servants at war with one another you've got lady mary nervous can you imagine oh nervous because the queen is coming for tea yes and everything has to sparkle so it's every corner every nook and cranny she is a mass of nerves but she and as a mass of nerves is kind of like oh carson please come back you know, it's mm, yeah. a little subtle. A little subtle. <laughs> okay. Um, Brad Pitt, a, a space movie, Astra. Oh, man, I love this so much. Really? Astra, yes. Uh, it, too, is very elegant. He is, it's in the future, a little bit into the future, not too far. And he's being sent to the moon and then to Mars to send a message to the man who was his father who went to Neptune years earlier and died. Well, now... The government believes he's alive and that he's he's sending surges of power to the earth that are devastating and destructive. So he, uh, Brad sets out. It's a hell of a journey. Oh, my word. And the moon, it's so funny. It's just totally full of franchises. Subway, you know. Um, so it's deeply dramatic. It's so profound, so philosophical. Most of it, us, is listening to him reflect on his life, on his father and their issues, on the job he's meant to do, and what the outcome is going to be. Honestly, I was just blown away. Hmm. Oscar material. And it's Brad Pitt. (laughs) Yes, not bad. (laughs) Okay, um, uh, Robbie Robertson and the band, it opened TIFF, uh, once uh, were brothers, and tell, tell me what you think about the movie. It's a very good documentary. There have been so many music documentaries, as, we, as we've said mm-hmm. before, this year because of the Woodstock 50. But this is, uh, it actually focuses later on in the, the last waltz. Um, 
but the old music is coming back. And I was wondering why, and it's because music was played then. It wasn't programmed. Very human. You could hear every little chord and strike on the on the guitar string. The sound was so profound. It mixed uh, Mississippi Delta, English, Scottish, Welsh music. Garth Hudson, the violin, the organist, mm-hmm. grew up in the church, so he plays ecclesiastical music in the, in the, in their whole thematic thing. What it does is it seems like it's being played live two hundred years ago in the Civil War or before hmm. that. It just has this incredible timelessness and folksy thing. And it's been called Americana, but of course it was mostly Canadians. So Well, well that, that, that sort of provides a, a perfect segue into Ken Burns' country music because that's a, a documentary series that's continuing on PBS uh, this week. But that kind of music, that kind of feel, right? It's how it began. With, I didn't, I realized that it was uh, through the band that that kind of music started much sooner, but it's not really credited here until the singing cowboy came along, mm-hmm. um, which was a radio thing and a Hollywood thing. But it covers right from then to now. Hank Williams, they call the Shakespeare of country music. And of course, if you r- listen to his lyrics, You'll see what they mean. They go through the new music of Loretta Lynn, how mm-hmm. that changed country, how it how it uh, progressed over the years. Um, and I wish I had hours and hours to sit and watch the whole thing, but, you know, I don't. I wish I could. Ken Burns is a genius. Now, there's a, another uh, cautionary documentary out, Toxic Beauty, taking Big Pharma to task for its role in sickening its customers. Yes, very important film, and I hope it's going to be widely seen on television at some point, but right now it's in the theater. Um, common chemicals like talcum powder, we all know about the Johnson & Johnson mm-hmm. uh, lawsuits, billions of dollars in lawsuits, um, and they still deny it causes cancer when there's every kind of you know evidence that it does. And other things that do, like parabens. So the message of this film, which is really well done, and it's Canadian, is look on the back of the products that you use every day, body lotion, hair stuff, lipstick. Lipstick can contain lead and mercury. Mm. So it's important and Okay. Um, and quickly, uh, Zach Galifianakis, uh, the funny or die, they're getting uh, the movie treatment between two ferns. Yeah, isn't the that movie? perfect? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Artie Johnson, remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a really fine lineup of guests coming in, Benedict Cumberbatch, Matthew McConaughey, et cetera, et cetera. And he, he's very quizzical with them. And it kind of explains why I had a weird interview with him many years ago. He seemed mad at me, like really angry. Uh-huh. And he was just like this. But uh-huh. this is how he is with these people okay and he he's so irritating all right <laughs> so, um, it's okay funny well, well there are more movie and tv reviews up now on what she said talk.com and and you're taking us now to the spadina museum uh the local substitute for the abbey because you interviewed leslie nickel who plays mrs patmore and phyllis logan who we know as mrs hughes let's take a listen ladies i'm so delighted to see you to meet you and you know, having seen you in other roles besides Downton Abbey, it's always a shock because, <laughs> because this is such a complete universe. And to see you being modern yeah. and the role you did with the three ladies with crazy hair. Girlfriends. <gasps> yes, indeed. And you as Rachel well. House. Yes. Oh, my. It's, it's the craziest thing. Pardon me? Were you about to say the catch? 
the catch. Oh, no, no that was another thing. Okay. No, no. No. Oh, so but have it's you just... seen Beach House? No, I haven't. No, it hasn't. It's not no. been on yet. No, no, no. 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 Might come here on Acorn. It will. But PBS. Yes. Oh, PBS, sorry. Oh, PBS. Oh. Okay, good. PBS, Downton Abbey. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's... Uh, the thing about this series is that it is so tight, so beautifully done, so um, engaging that it's really hard to envision you in other things. And I know oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the strangest feeling. It's and, the strangest we've been, and we've been doing it for those amount of years, I suppose. People have yeah. just got you in that groove, haven't they? That's where they think you live. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was nice for us, though, to go off and do... It felt a bit weird, I have I to bet. say. Yeah. Cozy clothes. Yeah, yeah. when suddenly you're in modern stuff, I'm like, yeah. where's the course? And the next job where's I got course? after Downton was a US show, a Shonda Rhimes show, where I was playing practically a psychopath. I mean, a modern-day <laughs> gangland... You know, Madame of a, of a did horrible it, family. Did it feel weird not to be putting on your... It was really weird. But I was yeah. so excited because they were buying me, you know, fancy clothes. And, yes. and they said, the, the writer said, oh, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give as much makeup as you want. I went, yes. Well, that's when you were John Sims' mum. Yes, that was. And here you were, yes. you were cooking cocaine, not... That's not, it. Not, well, not cooking pies. people, actually. She was that bad. Oh, good, yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, sweetie. Well, so there you go. You know, <laughs> she was horrible, yeah. That's so funny. Um, now, in this, uh, in the film, which I love because it's a heightened version of the uh, yes, of the TV yeah, series, absolutely right. yeah. the king and queen are coming to stay, yeah. and it it starts a war because yeah, the very snooty royal people come in, what the staff like? come in Whoa. and take over. They they stage a coup, so <laughs> that was a really nice bit Great of idea. business to have it to have was, to play. Yeah. You both got so angry. I know, so angry. <laughs> I want a cream now. I want a dish now. I want a that now. You want a clip round the ear now. <laughs> and you, you with your housekeeper woman. I know. And yet being ladylike. But you got it across. Of course. Yeah. You got yes. it across. But we're feisty women. He writes strong women. Yeah, which is great. It's well, as he says himself, Julian Fellows, Lord Fellows, the writer and creator of every word of this show, um, he's, he was brought up around strong women. His mother... His grandmother, grandmother his, his wife. wife. He said he's not. He doesn't. He's not very comfortable around weak women. Yeah, isn't that something? Mm-hmm. I know. And it works out so well, and the timing is so good in, in our society. For sure. It's now, an antidote to what's going it's on antidote, in the world, isn't it? Just yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe that's one of the reasons. One of the many reasons yeah. it's so popular. It's, it seems like very timely, doesn't it? Yeah. Right yeah. now, I bet everybody's saying that. They're going for a minute. You can just go. And, and watch people who are decent and, and loyal and kind, kind. and swear. Even Thomas is kind here. Oh my God, you yeah. actually, and you, cry for Thomas. Like. you cry for Thomas. You cry for Thomas. You just yeah. see he's, he's got his humanity. Yeah. I love yeah. that story. I know, too. isn't that a revelation? Yeah. So far along in the series that he, he has and yet, that's And yet he hasn't manufactured it. He's just allowed him to be yeah. in a situation where you can understand now where he's coming from. And at the yeah. beginning, we all kind of... So he said that yesterday. Do you remember, Lord Fellows, he said... <laughs> Julian. <laughs> Julian said, he said, I like it when you think you've made up your mind about somebody. Right. And then you right. get to see something different. You go, oh. <laughs> and he does that with, with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was a marvelous moment. Mm. But my final question, are you able to walk down the street as you did before? Or are you constantly accosted? 
Not constantly. Not constantly. It's no. very Quite unpredictable. A bit, right? Well, it's unpredictable, isn't it? it now that the movie's out, who knows? Because it's not quite come out everywhere yet. No. And we've been away ever since it opened in London. Yeah. So it's it, really it unpredictable. But, uh, due to the series, I mean. Oh, but yes, to a certain extent. Well, it happens, and then it doesn't. I mean, it happens more if you're with each other. You and I sat and had a cup of tea in Chisukai Road outside the cafe, and we had quite a <laughs> yes, I know. And you went to the theatre with in with Daisy, New York. Sophie, there was a tsunami, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're anywhere with Jim Carter, well, you, you can't hide it's that voice. It. Your that mom. voice. Having said that, I got pushed out of the way because they didn't recognise me, so they could get to Jim. <laughs> yeah, because he's so recognised. Yeah, you can't miss him. But his voice comes first. Doesn't we it? we yeah. go out with him sometimes, don't we? We do. Big big. Big gym. Yeah. We go out and have din din dins. We do. Oh my goodness! Sophie. I think a lot of people would like to go out and have din dins with you too. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. We'll be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is... Such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. <laughs> Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Ballparks, brawls, and beers. Have you been watching The Ninth? It's a new CBC Gem original that follows the Box Springs, the hardest partying amateur baseball team in Canada, as they compete on and off the field. So joining us to tell us more are show creators Daniel A.M. Rosenberg and Michael Goldlist. Welcome to What She Said. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. Okay, the first, <laughs> first of all, I want to know about the AM is for Daniel, because Daniel A.M. Rosenberg and I was told we had to say the AM. It was important. Yeah, um, I mean, twofold. One is uh, my mother... Actually, I don't know if this is like happy news uh, radio <laughs> comedy stuff, but when my uh, mother passed away, her main name was Muse and her first name's Martha. So it's a uh, shout out to my mother. Oh, my middle nice. name's technically Adam. So AM for myself and my mother well, always shouting go. her out and how are you going to compete with that michael nothing <laughs> you got nothing <laughs> so the box springs may be mediocre as hell on the field but with a beer in their hands they're hall of famers so tell us about the show yeah i mean it's uh it's an ensemble comedy about nine as you said kind of hard partying baseball players um it's a lot more about the partying and the fun and the after the game antics, a lot less about the baseball. So yeah, we just kind of take these nine very different co-ed uh, team players together, shake them up and 
get them in some trouble. Yeah, give them, fill them full of beer and drugs and then uh, get them fighting with each other and record the consequences. Sounds like a show. <laughs> Where? How did you come up with the idea for this? Um, so we love watching um, the amateur baseball games at Christie Pitts, the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. not the ones that play mm-hmm. hockey downtown, but yeah. the kind of bad baseball team. And we just like love the low stakes like high anxiety of the players there. So we uh, we thought originally like maybe we should do a doc and then it's like, ah no, let's just write something. Yeah, it'd be way more fun <laughs> way to... more fun to just write it. So that was the genesis of it. And then we just like wanted to pile indignity on indignity on this team. So like they change their locker rooms in the basement of the bar that they party in. They're sponsored by a discount mattress store. It's why they're called the box spring. So we just kind of tried to shovel a lot of crap on them. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it might be about learning to lose. Yeah, I mean, the, these are losers um, <laughs> in, in the way they play baseball and in a lot of aspects of their life. Uh, they think they're really important in their own heads. Uh, each one of them has their own kind of story going on. But um, yeah, they lose a lot of baseball and lose at love and uh, relationships and fights. So did you think that this was something that would resonate with people? Because it sounds to me like it would, because all of us are, have been losers in some <laughs> Well, if we follow Toronto sports teams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Except for we're, the Raptors, okay. Yeah, right? Like, we were uh, long-suffering sports fans, so we know what losing feels like. But also just like, yeah, we're artists trying to make it in this industry. You know, you get one out of every hundred yeses, you know, is a yes. It's like rejection and being feeling beat down is a big part of trying to be in this industry. So mm-hmm. we know Yeah, what it's like. and it's also, you know, I think a lot of us are... Uh, if you, you know, extracurricular activities, like, you know, if you uh, play on sports or you have like these weird kind of friend groups that you have where friends of friends, so you don't, you know, you're not super close with all these people um, and you're forced to spend time with them and forced into this common goal. So it's really interesting to see these people try and work together when they're, they clash all yeah, the time. They all well, think each other are losers too. Well, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm hearing as you're describing the baseball team, I'm thinking this could also be describing an acting ensemble. Totally. Uh, yeah. As well. So how did you cast the parts? Um, we had an amazing casting director, Louis Kay. They're they're like really mm-hmm. well known and renowned, and they brought incredible talent. Casting was maybe the funnest part of this. It's just so incredible to have these wonderful actors come in and blow you away. And we got just like we were so lucky that we got schedules of people who are really in demand that aligned that we could get them to shoot with. And we just had just great comedy actors who. Um, are funny, but also built the character out of like a real reality. Really got in touch with the characters, like suffering and all their problems. Yeah, and it makes in- it funnier. Instant chemistry. Like they, you know, we did um, lots of group auditions together and and did some testing with them, and they all just like clicked. We shot a trailer for the show um, a year before we shot the series, and it was like magic on that that first little bit. So yeah, we knew it was going to happen. I don't think very often. We yeah, had nine nine leads basically, yeah. and they all like instantly loved each other. Like it's crazy. We had no one thought behind the scenes no one bickered everyone was just like it was such a like a great group effort where everyone really rooted for each other which mm-hmm. is which is really rare because actors is. can be egotistical nightmares <laughs> but not ours <laughs> so where did you shoot uh, we filmed uh, mostly in the greater Toronto area, Mo- a lot mostly like downtown Toronto. So the bar that they spend a lot of time in is the Monarch Tavern, mm-hmm. uh, which is in Little Italy in, in Toronto, um, an institution. Uh, we shot in like a mattress store in the in the East End. Yeah, uh, Parliament. Yeah, uh, Parliament Furniture, I think it's called. Yeah, shout out Parliament Furniture, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Could be, something like that, or 
and associates. And associates. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, yeah, baseball field uh, down in the East End as well. So kind of all over the all over the city. But it was very much a Toronto show. And we didn't like big that up, but we didn't hide that either. We were happy. That's refreshing. Yeah. 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 So just just neutral. It's like yeah, we're filming outside the door. That's this is where we yeah, are. Kind of thing. It's in Toronto. If you pay attention. If not, it just feels like a Canadian big city. So all eight episodes are up now. Mm-hmm. That's right. Watch them on, on cbcgem.ca, right? right? So what about the future of the show? When do you, well, when do you know? Do you know? Do you we're, find we're, out what's happening? We've gotten some real interest in the show, which is exciting. We've always secretly wanted to turn it into an even bigger project than it is, maybe a half-hour broadcast show. I, I, that's not a secret now. Uh, yeah, it's not <laughs> a I mean, everybody wants to be on television and streaming. Yeah, we so. think this makes sense to be a, a half-hour comedy series, and so we're uh, we're actively working on that. If anyone's got like $12, 13000000 million, hit us mm-hmm. up. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Is that yeah. what it costs? How would really? the storyline wow. then evolve? Uh, I think... Do you have the ideas for oh, it? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, we oh, have... Yeah. More people a lot of time. will yeah. sleep with each other is oh. the number one thing. Oh, yeah. And yes. then we'll have uh, some other storylines as well. But yeah, just kind of bigger bigger stories and a bigger world. We we kind of leave the leave the bar a bit and, and get to know more about these people's lives. Oh, dear. So we've okay. got... I mean, but they're all... A, a lot of them are, are busy with other series, too. So there's mm-hmm. always that timing issue that you that you have to deal with about when you can shoot around people's schedules and you really lucked out with this did you we, we, we did, totally yeah. did yeah 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 i mean it, it it took some uh kind of back and forth thing to make sure we could get everybody in uh to work but it it totally worked we got everyone played pretty much every day so it was uh every day nine great people and we made it work and our actors were really committed to the project so that they made it work which mm-hmm. is which yeah. was really nice to know because they didn't have to so obviously your partnership is is a success. Mm-hmm. The what you've created is a success. So if they don't, if this isn't renewed or expanded, do you have other ideas? Because obviously you work well together. Yeah, yeah. we got a whole we got a whole bunch of ideas. <laughs> we got a, <laughs> How much yeah, time do you have? Ideas, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we've been developing stuff for a while now, and we have a bunch of projects in different stages. Some that are like at the beginning. Some that already have some partners on helping us develop them. We've got um, I won't say specifics. We've got like an animated series that's mm-hmm. in, down the pipeline. We've some got more live action stuff live as well. Action. A lot of comedy, but also drama. I think you know we think some of the the best stories are rooted in in real realness and drama, not not comedy just for comedy's sake. So we're we're about developing strong characters and and yeah. good stories from that. Well, sounds well, good. Like, what, do you have any use for two middle aged? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Totally. We, and we have a, a and you know. A, a, Young actress who's yeah excellent. my daughter's my daughter's actress yeah she's if, busy she's, if she's if you guys actress. could like maybe run an illegal drug operation out of this station that would Are really you kidding? help she put make... in for the weed shop lottery well there you okay. go <laughs> there you go does that make me bad enough yeah kind of, yeah the show we kind need, of and we could take that but I, some but of that I money didn't too. win it which is a good thing because I had no real estate tied up and no dough <laughs> and I had no idea this is good though because I mean I, I work with uh, I mentor some young, young reporters and what you're saying is because I always say what story did you see on your way in, into work today like tell me what you saw and and you're going at that premise from uh, from a creator angle you're seeing a story and saying what can we make out of this how can we tell the story it's not journalism it's filmmaking television making it's a different it's a different way but it's the same premise and I think people um, 
don't walk around with their eyes open to the mm-hmm. stories that are around there as much as they used to, maybe. That's totally. Too. And especially these days, people are too busy staring at their phones. They mm-hmm. walk into poles or fall off cliffs and stuff. So, yeah, I think I think if you keep your eyes open and, and listen, especially listen to the people around you and, and you know, what's look at what's in front of you. There's a lot mm-hmm. of stories to plumb there. Oh, my yeah, God. There's, there's too many to ever sort through all of them. And they're all amazing because even the smallest story, like even the smallest tragedy is huge to the people who are involved. Absolutely. So a, a story can never be too small because it's every, always Every story starts local. And yeah. it's on cbcgem.ca, uh, currently available. You can see all eight episodes of The Box Springs doing what they do best. What they do best, I, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This is great. Thanks so much for having us. This yeah, is great. Thank you. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Have you met my friend Alfred? He's revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You know, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services is here to help. Wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your items with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code what she said. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. guest has been empowering local women through dance since 2016 with her dance fitness company, Find Your Fierce. Monica Gold, welcome to what she said. Thank you for having me. Now, Find Your Fierce launched initially as a dance choreography program, but has evolved into what you describe as a workout class where Zumba meets Beyonce on a triple <laughs> shot of espresso. So tell us, tell us what that means exactly. It's a mouthful, but it essentially means that it is high energy the class is crazy. You sweat tons. It is 80% cardio, 20% toning. And what's great is you burn about 500 calories per class. Not that anybody's counting because you don't even realize I say you get fit by accident because it's so much fun. So a lot of people do like to dance, but they're you know, a little intimidated yeah, by the world, world choreography, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what inspired you to start this? So what inspired me was when I started teaching, it was specifically choreography-based classes. And a lot of people mm-hmm. would come up to me, and I was posting everything on social media you know, to get people to come out to the classes, to get them to understand what I'm doing. And 
they would all love what they were seeing. They're like, oh my God, it looks so amazing, so fun, so cool. I can never take a class like that. I go, what are you talking about? And they just said they're too intimidated. So I wanted to find a way to bring that same aspect and energy that I was putting into those choreography-based videos into a class that anybody could take. Anybody? Somebody with two anybody? left feet? Really? Oh, yeah. Nobody is looking. The funny part is everyone, a lot of people come into the class and they preface by coming up to me and saying, by the way, I'm not a dancer. And I go, pretty much almost nobody in the class comes in as a dancer. Um the whole point is that it's easy to follow choreography, stuff that they don't have to memorize and really, really focus so hard on. It's if you can strut back and forth, give me a nice little shimmy and maybe a little booty pop in, you're good to go. <laughs> really? So is there an age limit? So I like to say that we usually target that twenty to thirty five year old, but we have people on such different ends of the spectrum. We have a group of followers who are about 17 mostly, and they are super, super loyal to the brand. And they come to some of them come to almost every class. And then they convinced all their moms to come out one day. So them and their moms came out and it was so much fun. It was honestly like such a good memory for everybody. And yeah, so it really is like we range so far. That's great. My, my two daughters used to be competitive dancers. I can tell you they wouldn't be seen anywhere, anywhere. Oh anywhere with me. <laughs> really? But I think it, oh, they loved it. I think for, you know, an older demographic, it would be, you know, we've been through so many exercise programs, starting with Jane Fonda, remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it's, Leg and, it, and it's just, you know, but something where you just go and dance and you're mm -hmm. not embarrassed and oh, nobody yeah. cares that would be great well, oh yeah. i, I want to know about the uh the some classes are heels optional yeah so uh like i mentioned our main offering is the dance cardio fitness classes and don't worry about seeing each other because there's lights and stuff we dim it down got crazy lights with the choreography based classes we offer those twice a week and that's the type of class that i started out teaching so those right. are sort of like what a lot of people might no find your fears for originally before it really pivoted into this cardio dance fitness type of class. Mm -hmm. And those classes are very Beyonce in style, um, very J-Lo in style. You go in, you learn a combination to one song and then essentially you feel like you're in a little music video. If you want to film yourself at the end, you can. If you want to just do it for fun, stay out of filming, no problem. We totally give that option. So it's really just a good vibe, way to feel confident and empowered and Girl power. And where is the, the location? Is it the one spot? Yeah. Okay. So it's right by Young and Bloor. It's like two minutes oh, from the Young Bloor station. It's right where you live. I oh, well, I think someone might have to come out to a class. Oh. Oh, come and have a look. What time? Don't yeah. tell me it's five in the morning. No, I'd love to offer morning classes, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Uh, all our classes are evenings and weekends. So generally speaking, uh, people coming straight from work, they love our six. We usually have 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. classes. On Thursdays, we go a little later. We go 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Yeah. Um, and then we have weekend classes as well. So what, what would you wear to something? Would you wear running shoes? So for the cardio dance fitness classes, yeah. yes. Running shoes, you definitely want running shoes. Um, again, you want to think of it like, like we mentioned before, it's like Zumba meets Beyonce uh, on a triple shot espresso. So if you've ever been to a Zumba class, that's the best reference because I find that most people understand what the concept of Zumba is. So, yeah, running shoes, 
leggings or shorts, sports bra tank top, t-shirt, anything that you feel comfortable in, just get ready to sweat. Okay. Okay. So now you are offering a promo code uh, for listeners. Um, and what she said, Steph. Oh. Uh, uh, the promo code is she fierce. Mm-hmm. So it's S H E F I E R C E. And what is your website so that they can they can do that? Is that where they go to your website yes. and they put in the code? Exactly. So right on our website, findyourfierce.ca. Find wow. your fierce. Yeah. You gotta go. I'll come with you. Yeah, let's do oh it. Oh my God, you're making my day. Let's, <laughs> do, it. let's do it. All right, well, let's thank you. I'll wear sunglasses. So uh, <laughs> you might not be able to see anything then because it is pretty dark in there. Is it? Really? Trust me, you're not going to be looking at anyone else in the room and you're not even going to be looking at yourself. You're going to be watching to follow. So you're going to feel completely at ease. All right, so, well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today, Monica Gold. Um, and that is it for what she said today. We will be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.